All right, I think we're recording. So, happy Monday to everybody under the sound of my voice. Um, this is Brandy Angelique Bam coming to you guys, and I have Casey with me, and we're gonna be talking about some cool stuff because. As we all know, you can learn a lot from TV and the media and all of that stuff. And it's always evolving. Like just us as as a society is always evolving with communication and the way that we get that communication across. So in having a conversation with my bestie Casey here, we realized that some things are like really starting to change based off of watching a show that I'm sure a lot of you are really familiar with. So, um, what did you, well, what was the show, Case? Um, it wasn't a show. It was, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it was special. Yeah, it was a, it was Def Jam's like. 25 year reunion or something something like that something on netflix that has to do with def jam and it was like paying homage to the people that started def jam and showing some of the people that are popular names and comedy and black comedy more specifically i guess now and then them back back then when they first started def jam (laughs) yeah so that shout out to everybody that was highlighted on that. I mean, we saw, who do we see? Mark and Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, Cheryl Underwood, everybody you can think of. Yes. Um, and it was interesting to really hear about the history. Like, they there was some strides that had to be made, just like in every other industry and segment of life for us people of color. So it was awesome that somebody did it. But so, what was the most interesting? What did you notice? Like, what did you notice, Case? Um. Well, the thing that stuck out to me the most was, um, there was a lady. I don't remember her name, but I guess her opening little catchphrase was, "Ain't I ain't I such a fucking lady" or something like that. And they showed like a clip of her back in the day when she was just coming on the stage and getting the crowd involved and she just said that and the reaction from the crowd it was just so like heartfelt like they were laughing you could you could tell they felt her jokes from the depths of their souls like and Cheryl Underwood and Bernie Mac like and then they showed uh that same lady now currently and she said her little catchphrase to the crowd and everybody just kind of looked like Oh, okay. Yeah, that was probably cute back in the day, but it was just very obvious that I don't know. Like nobody was laughing. It, you could probably hear a pin drop in there, like, and then the laughter came afterwards. It was kind of like forced. Like somebody stood in the background, was like, "All right, niggas, we recording this for Netflix. Y'all need to laugh." And then they started to laugh. But um, I don't know. It's like there's there's been a shift in the way people react to things. And I feel like it has a lot to do with social media and the fact that you can now get on Facebook and laugh at something and then you'd be sitting in your living room just quiet as hell. Everybody is laughing on the internet, but in real life, you're just sitting here with the stale face. This is true. Like, this is, this is a good perspective. Um, something that 
we probably don't notice because they're those nonverbal cues. I guess that's something. As a society, as a generation, we kind of do just rely a lot more off of nonverbal cues these days. That is a whole thing. Huh. Yeah. And then now, now that we're talking about it, I'm starting to think, like, where did some of this stem from? Like, where did we get the idea to even add a reaction button to Facebook? Because at one point it was just a like. Now you can love it. You can hate it. You can cry, you can... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're very specific with making it a point to voice how we feel on the internet. But in real life, like, I don't know, people say a lot of times, like, they're internet gangsters. Like, you, you won't do nothing in real life, or you won't beat my ass in real life. And I feel like that's kind of true. Like, <laughs> everybody wants to talk all this shit on on the internet and then when it gets down to it you either have nothing at all to say or you want to jump right into trying to shoot each other and or on another end of the spectrum kids committing suicide and i'm pretty sure that's always been around but cyberbullying is really a thing now where you can go and comment on someone's status or they don't get enough likes, they don't feel validated, and then they're depressed, and it's, it's interesting. No, like, that, that even has me thinking, too, though, um, What train of thought? It was really good too. Is this good? Mhm. <coughs> <coughs> you saying again about comfortability? Um. Right. Just thinking about the idea of um us hiding our communication behind the screen. I think it is just because of comfortability. Like, it's just something that we've grown to now. Um, it's like a, a, a caveat or a downside of the convenience of technology because kids and adults in us, period, aren't forced to communicate and aren't forced to be face-to-face um, because it's so convenient and easy to text and FaceTime and do everything else. Kind of like desensitize ourselves from communication. Like you said, so we don't even realize. We're laughing on the inside at her funny joke. But we don't even realize that our face is stone cold. Mm-hmm. We think we look funny. Like, it's funny. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And that is evident in a lot of other things. Like, in conversation, me and Tia were having about band and how now you have to... I'm sure, like, school period. Now you have to appeal to kids in a different way. And you have to try to teach them and reach out to them and discipline them even in a way that's that's more it's kind of like you're coddling them a little bit because they've been desensitized and you have to reteach right teaching from the basics right you're teaching a child yes and and it's like sheer punishment like what we thought was punishment like calisthenics and whatnot and band that that doesn't really have the same impression on them as it as it did us because we that was enough to to tap into our feelings like the fact that we had to like run laps or do push-ups that hurt that that hurt our feelings it was like okay i'm being disciplined i'm doing these push-ups because i misbehaved 
With them, it's like, okay, you're making me do push-ups. Okay, you're making me run laps. I'm still going to do this thing that you told me not to do constantly. Yeah, it's like a disconnect. Yeah, it's like push up. All they heard was push ups because they're on the phone or they're thinking about the next tweet. All they heard was okay. You said do push ups. All right. It's like, did you hear what I said about why you're doing these push ups? No. So why am I doing push ups? And then you have to go to them and be like, okay, so when you do this, then that's gonna make me have to do this. Like, oh, well, I ain't mean it that way. And then that's the whole case. It's just, it's like a domino effect of being desensitized. Like, it affects so many other different things. And then it makes me wonder if that's how, like, I have my moments where I'm just drawn into my phone. But most of the time, it's it's usually if I'm just disengaged in the conversation. Like, I don't really care to be a part of the conversation or... My mind is just wandering. Um, But I do think I can pull myself away enough to say that I don't have to have my phone with me versus that person that every time you see them, they're glued to that piece of electronic or if it's not a phone, it's a tablet or something. It's like you can't get through to them without media being involved. I think it's really good food for thought, if nothing else. What is, what are we coming to as a society um, if we're unable to show clear emotion or show clear communication with one another face to face? What is that going to look like in 10 years? It's like we have multimedia emotions now, right? There's no just plain feel anymore. It's, everything is intertwined with some kind of media. So it's making like real life, like getting back to the point with the whole Def Jam thing. It's like real life things that you would once feel and that would be enough to satisfy you and satiate you in some way. It's now, if there's no media sense behind there or no like extravagance or like you got to metaphorically place a trap beat on everything to get people's attention. Like, yes, if there's no preservatives, I don't want it pretty much. And man, that's a whole nother thing that can go into like GMOs and being brainwashed into not wanting to step outside of that. Yeah, I think I had mentioned that one time we were talking that I think that does play a real role in it. Two um, is chemical imbalances and stuff. I feel like now we are living in a time where it's nothing to be diagnosed with ADHD or a whole bunch of other things that we're dealing with too. Um, and we have to ask ourselves why, you know what I mean? Like, what are we eating? What's in the water? Like, that's a thing. We know mm-hmm. that's a thing. So, so is it also affecting our communication? How do you feel about, I saw some articles where some scientists were quote-unquote, denouncing ADHD, saying it never existed. That was something that big pharmaceutical companies came up with to diagnose people with so they could be on on Ritalin and Adderall and stuff like that. I know somebody extremely, extremely, extremely successful that was diagnosed with ADHD. They were given Ritalin. They didn't take it. Um, She made it through school just fine. Once becoming grown, 
she noticed that sugar had a play in it and she completely took sugar out of her diet and she's seen like you know what I'm saying so and I hate like I know stuff really affects people you know what I mean and I don't know you gotta be politically correct so this is one of our times trying to be on a public platform but I guess I'm gonna be true to myself and like not worry about being politically correct so Brandy right like ADHD ADD that we had that back in the 30s you got your ass whooped like you know what i mean like go to the room go sit down you need structure like they're like you know what i'm saying i know there's a way to be politically correct i know there are going to be people that feel differently you know what i mean but i feel like there are structures and ways and we're we're all different so like just as that one person who was diagnosed with adhd noticed that sugar played a role you know what i mean but we don't look, it's not a pharmacist, it's not a pharmacist's job to try to find out what to take out of your diet to make you now operate okay, you know, and okay, tangent, fibromyalgia, they diagnose you with this, and it's literally something that they don't know what it is, but they'll give you medication for it, ADHD, you know what I'm saying, like, I just feel like it's one of those terms that classifies a behavior, it's a medical term that we've now used to classify an array of behaviors, so we just put it, if you fall into one of these categories, the ADHD, you got two ADHD. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's what I feel like. You know, it's an umbrella term now, and it's so easy, and it's like some things change up your diet, as a lot of us need to do. Stop drinking sodas, like a lot of us need to do. Get out the TV, read a book, wake up in the morning at five, go take a walk. There's so many different things that we can do and channel our energy and see what it'll do. Tangent. Sorry. So. <laughs> Yeah. that's how I feel about so I feel like it's true you know what I mean like yeah I'm I'm sure but there are a million other things that I'll go to that same exact argument about to debunk the theory of you know what I mean mm-hmm. like and is it a money game or not yeah that's like cancer that's how yeah. like I'm just like if you put you put cancer into people's bodies we nobody was just created with cancer and like that that is something that somebody in the lab did and just it is a constant money making thing for a big farm went wrong (laughs) right and it's like okay fuck it we gonna capitalize off of it anyway like it just like the whole thing with people um people or soldiers, um, they said they was giving the black soldiers the STDs and all this other shit. Um, and I wonder from that if this the whole stigma with people in the military always wanting to have sex or just n- known for being real promiscuous and can't be monogamous and stuff, is it because of something that? A shot they getting at basic that's making them want to fuck everybody so they can spread this shit that they also put inside of them. Like, was that a thing? Maybe was that where that whole stigma came from? Whatever. It's crazy. It's like the world who never knows. It's like we'll never know. All right. And then you gotta wonder what you can and can't say, even. <laughs> Even if it's not a lot of ears listening, it's like mm, certain the right people find out you talking about the right thing. You'll probably never be able to speak on that platform ever again. 
made a Facebook status and I let everybody know that I wanted to do uh, my case studies. Um, when I made that status, that was kind of me kicking myself in the ass and saying, hey, maybe if I uh, make it a point to let others know to hold me accountable for doing this, then I actually do it. But here we are uh, about two weeks later and I'm still kind of in the planning. It's like, I feel like this is my kid and I'm trying to figure out how to still bring this child into the world kind of like Drake, you know, um, waiting for the right moment to let everybody know that I have this child. Uh, and now I'm sitting in traffic at work and I'm just like, hey, you got this whole ass app on your phone that you don't utilize and why not utilize it? Why not, you know, be a little productive? So with that being said, um, this is just me saying to myself, and to whoever hears it, if I do publish it, um, I want to go ahead and start. I want to start today, maybe after work, um, in lieu of homecoming week at Federal State University. I would like to discuss uh, a topic that I came up with called, um, is it ever time to move forward from HBCU culture? Is that something that you can move forward from? Um, I won't go too much into detail with it right now because I do want to, you know, sit down and discuss it and maybe jot some notes down before I just, I'm, I'm scatterbrained. So sometimes I start talking and I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. So hopefully by the time I get back to this, um, this afternoon, I'll have some uh, HBCU scholars with me perhaps, or I'll just get back on and run my mouth and explain to you guys what it is that I'm been thinking so um this is uh my first staple of case study please tune in i'm gonna come up with the time and schedule and perhaps i'll um brandy my best friend she suggested that i do podcasting and i do video at the same time so i'm gonna figure out which one i want to do and how i want to do that but I would love for everyone under the sound of my voice to keep tuning in and help me help myself figure out what I want to do, how I want to do, and yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I have spent the last 27 years thinking <laughs> my whole life. I just, I'm, I'm really big on thinking, so I feel like it's time I share my thoughts. So yeah, stay tuned.